Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. It's John Massengale. I'm in the studio in Austin, Texas. I've got Mr. Bob Varsha joining us. He's trying to work out a little technical glitch. He's working on that as we speak. But we got lots of good stuff to talk about tonight. We have some really cool guests. I got to catch up with the Daytona GTP pole sitter, Tom Bloomquist, uh, right afterwards, actually, right after he won that pole at that crazy, you know, last second lap. And he's going to, uh, we're going to, we got an interview with him. We're going to play here in a few minutes. We got lots of Formula One discussion we're going to talk about tonight. And we also have a young American driver, David Morales, who's down in New Zealand. Uh, he's going to join us here in just a few minutes down there at the Toyota Series and uh, the new Formula Regional Oceana Series down there. And uh, yeah, we got lots to talk about. Mr. Varsha, how are you? I'm doing great. I apologize for the uh, computer glitches here. I tried to reboot the machine and it just takes longer than I would like to percolate, but I'm doing great. And the season's getting started. The Monte Carlo Rally is in the books. The, uh, Rolex is about to start. It's, uh, it's an exciting time right now, and it only gets better from here. I know. Here we are in the middle of off-season, and uh, it's super exciting. And by the way, you sound great, and you look great. We've got a picture of you up. It, it, I think it's about 10 years ago, Bob. You look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I spent a lot of time primping to be ready for uh, my close-up, Mr. Demand. <laughs> Uh, well, let's start off with anyway, some yeah, let, good times. Yeah, let's start off with some Formula One stories because um, we've got a couple things going on. One, I want to start with the uh, the new calendar update because officially the Chinese Grand Prix is not going to happen. So it looks like we have a firmed up calendar. I guess it doesn't really surprise any of us, does it? Well, you know, I really kind of thought that they'd try to close that huge hole of however many weeks, four weeks between events as a result of China dropping out. And I think they had some options in that part of the world, but I guess they just couldn't get the deal done, which is really kind of a shame. Uh, anybody who promotes motorsports or any form of entertainment for that matter knows you've got to be in front of people in order to keep up the momentum of your season. And, um, you know, that's just not going to happen. It's a shame they couldn't put China back on the schedule. It's a fascinating place in Shanghai. Interesting racetrack, to be sure. Um, but, you know, no can do. So uh, here yep. we go. We'll have that big hole after the opening rounds of the championship, and then we'll wait until they pick it up again. No, that's a good point about the big gap there between uh, April 2nd, Australia, and April 30th, Azerbaijan and Baku. So that is a big one. But it was nice to see the Vegas... A race show up there, second to the last race of the season, the penultimate round, November 18th for Vegas. And, of course, Miami's still on May 7th. And Coda uh, back in our usual little spot, spot there in uh, late October, October 22nd with Mexico right behind it. But, but yeah, that is, gonna, that is a bummer about the hole there. But, um, hey, speaking of Miami, did you see the story about how much work Miami's going to do uh, between right now, probably, on the uh, the track surface and the changes they're making, Bob? Do you see all that? Yeah, I did, um, and I welcome it. Uh, obviously, the drivers wanted changes to the racetrack, particularly that fiddly bit down where they go underneath the interstate and then uh, down the, uh, the long, high-speed backstretch. Um, so they get rid of the bumps, and that's good, but they'd really like a more challenging corner right there. And for, at least for now, they're not going to get it. 
as far as putting the paddock inside the football stadium, I think that's a brilliant idea because as you and I both know, trying to walk around amongst that crowd between the paddock and the garages last year at Miami, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous trying to find anybody or, or get them over yeah. quiet to do an interview or whatever. So, you know, I think if they put the uh, paddock on the infield and control the crowds a little bit, uh, I think it'll be better for everyone involved. Plus, it'll make for some terrific selfies in Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see the, uh, they've got the renderings up on uh, the Miami GP website with all the, every, the team village inside the stadium. That's pretty cool. That'll be fun to go check that out because you're right. It was, it was pretty crazy last year. But I, I did see it was Tilka, um, the same guys that did Circuit of the Americas that are doing the track resurface. And you're right. That's the first thing I look for is to see if they made any changes to the layout and did not see any of that. But, uh, but yeah, that's good. I'm glad that they're spending some money and feeling like that's going to be a, a good investment for them. So that was a good, good to see. Um, you had a story you put in here, Bob, about major personnel changes at the top of FIA Formula One hierarchy. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought the, uh, thought that was an interesting situation. Um, you know, the new president, Mohammed bin Sulayem, um, began uh, an investigation as soon as he came on board about efficiencies within the organization. And certainly, I think it was uh, perhaps ripple from the uh, unhappy finish to the 2021 season in Abu Dhabi. Uh, it was announced previously that the race director, Hans Vidic, will be back, although he took some criticism last year. And as we know, Eduardo Freitas, the, uh, who doubles up on the World Endurance Championship, he was moved out of the Formula One race director's seat after the events on that rainy weekend in Suzuka, Japan. Um, but in addition, they've sort of reorganized the way the FIA uh, looks at Formula One and, and pulls its rules together. And the names of the people involved <clears throat> probably don't resonate with the average Formula One fan. Guys like Tim Goss and Steve Nielsen and Nicholas Tombasis. These guys all have glittering resumes within the sport, and they've all been assigned to a much more simplified uh, chain of command. But I think it's interesting. For me, the bottom line is that the, the president, Ben Sulayem, has taken it upon himself to make these changes. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it's a huge political game. I mean, he was able to move aside perhaps some of the people with whom he disagreed, put his people in place. We all know the new broom sweeps clean. And there may be a touch of that here. So I'm going to be watching closely to see if we see some um, stories involving rules and operations and finance and all of that sort of thing down the road now that the president of the FIA has his people in place to start the season. Yeah, that's a good point. Everybody brings in their their team, right? So that, uh, right. that, that will be interesting to watch. Um, I just talked, by the way, Jonathan Green's not with us because he's down in New Zealand at that Toyota Formula Oceanic Series, Oceana Series. And um, he and I were talking very briefly when we had a really bad connection, but um, he was asking, hey, is any, anything new on, on Andretti? And I said, not really. It's been a pretty quiet week. But I do have one little little thought about Andretti. Um, and also, I'm actually going to save it for later in the show because it, it has to do with the new Corvette E-Ray that was announced this week. And, man, that's been really cool to watch the new C8 progression. You know, normally we have to wait so long for all these 
iterations between uh, between the cars, but clearly when they designed the Corvette C8, they designed it with the uh, the ability to add hybrid and all the other things that they're adding, the Z06, all those in mind. So it's really cool. So I'll tie that yeah, in. Yeah, isn't that a piece of work? Yeah. It's really, really, I'm going to get into some of the, I'm going to geek out on it. Hey, look, we're talking sports cars tonight anyway with Daytona. <laughs> so I'm going to geek out on some of that because right. it's really cool. And I'm going to, I'm going to geek out on some Man. of the GTP um, hybrids in Daytona. But, but let's go in. Zero to 60 in two and a half seconds. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Faster than the Z06. <laughs> Not not quite oh Tesla Plaid, but quite reproducible, which I'm sure is not as much in a Tesla Plaid. But well, Bob, let's get a quick yeah. break in because we have that young driver, David Morales, on hold from New Zealand, going to join us, and we're going to talk to him. And then in the next segment, we're going to talk, we're going to play that interview we did with uh, Tom Bluquist. So stick with us, and we'll be back after a short break. All right, we're live on YouTube. Waiting for the young David Morales to come on, a young American down there. Hello, YouTubers. Thanks for stopping in. Yeah, what do we got? Let me look at YouTube, see if we got any comments out there. Uh, well, what do you think, John? I want to know how much of the uh, Rolex are you going to watch? You're going to stay up for the whole 24? Uh, you know what? I watch a lot of it, Bob. I don't go the whole yeah. 24, but, you know, my son's racing. They got the only McLaren team this year. They only in sixty-one cars are the only McLaren, the Optimum rated, uh, Motorsport team. So my son's a mechanic. Yep. So yes, I will be watching. They qualified sixth today in the GTD, uh-huh. and uh, so yes, Joe of Oyster Bay says, "Hey, Bob." I thought it was really interesting that they. And excuse me if I'm stepping on you, John, because uh, sometimes I can't be sure whether you're still there or not with this uh, computer problem I'm having, but. They, they mixed up all of the GT cars, the pros with the big yeah. factory support, as well as the regular GTD. And amazingly enough, three of the GTD cars, ostensibly the slowest cars in yeah. the field, held qualified the GTD Pro, uh, you know, platinum Here we go. all galaxy. Hello, to everyone. Lineup. This is Gunther Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City, and we are about to uh, welcome our next guest, our first guest of the night. Very excited. We have a young American driver down in New Zealand uh, for the Toyota Series, David Morales. David, welcome to Speed City. Hey, hi. Nice to meet you guys. uh, Really, really happy to be here. Well, uh, excited to meet you. It looks like you're out in the middle of uh, the middle of nowhere out in New Zealand. Where are you right now? I'm actually I'm in Queenstown, which is like the best part of New Zealand for me personally. At least I mean I haven't seen much, but like it's uh, it's really I don't know if you oh can yeah, see, but it's really nice out here. That's so gorgeous. It's, it's lovely, 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 lovely. So huh. really enjoying it. Well, David, uh, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background? Because we're gonna—I'll catch them up really quick. It looks like you've done really well down in New Zealand. You had one DNF, which that hurts a lot in the standing, so it dropped you down a little bit. But oh, you've had two now. Yeah, it's um, actually I—I I brought my friend with me. It's uh, his name. He's a rock, okay. And this rock <laughs> decided to go inside of my car through the side pod, wow. break two ECUs, and then give me another dnf i'm thankful for the rock oh my gosh 
<laughs> unlucky, unlucky there. You're but, lucky yeah, it yeah. didn't hit you. That's uh, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give everybody, give everybody a little background uh, on you because you know we any, anytime you got Americans in, in in a series like that down in New Zealand where a lot of Formula One drivers and other big ta- big name drivers have come through, it's exciting. So tell us about you. Always need to represent America for sure. <laughs> so um, I am a Formula Three driver, well, Formula Regional driver uh, doing uh, Formula Regional Oceana. My name is David Morales, um, and I've done well. I've been racing for uh, cars three years now, but since my entire life, basically since I was like four, I started go karting, um, and ever since then, just kept going and going and going. So you know, it's just it's been my entire life. And this year, after um, Formula Regional Oceana, I'm going to do Great Britain F3. Um, and, you know, that's that's what we're looking at. So, yeah. Well, I, I know I mentioned the worst part of what you did, have done down in New Zealand, but tell us about the good stuff. You've had some, you know, you're doing really well down there because if, even with those DNFs, you're still, you know, reasonable in the standings. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not where we would want it to be, honestly, but I think with the prep that we had coming into Teratong and all that, it's just... Honestly, for me, it's, it's kind of negative to look at the standings right now because I know 100% I'm going to bounce back. I think Tonga was just one of those things where I just – it wouldn't click. You know, it just wouldn't come at me. It wouldn't – I couldn't grasp it in a way um, and in time as quick as everybody else did. Um, and, you know, that kind of shows me my weaknesses and where I need to really, really improve. So – and I'm going to take all of that to the next circuit, Manfield, you know, and just apply everything that I've learned, you know, Cause it's good. It's good that I had a terrible weekend because now I've got lessons to learn and just ingest that. So that's it. Well, that's certainly glass half full attitude. I like that. Mr. Varsha, yeah. what do you think about this young man uh, down there in New Zealand uh, trying to make a name for himself, isn't he? And that's exactly the point of a series like this. I saw in one of the press releases that the series uh, sort of describes itself like Major League Baseball winter ball, you know, the season, the main season of the summertime here in the Northern Hemisphere uh, has yet to start up. So why not go to the Southern Hemisphere and, um, you know, and race and and learn, as David was just pointing out. And I think it's a, a great opportunity for him. What about 16 cars in the series, which is a good sized field? Um, not likely you'll be back to New Zealand, I suppose, in your professional career, except for some fundraising. Um, so learning the tracks maybe isn't uh, as much of an advantage as uh, it would be if you were racing in Europe, but you still have plenty of time, and it sounds like you've got a great plan out there. Can I ask you who's uh, who's helping you direct your career? Do you have representation, or is it a family uh, thing? Have... Or well, it, in the beginning it was my dad, but now that you know, because I just I love him so much, but you know sometimes you need a bit more direction, um, and I'm sure. very thankful. Or uh, 29 motors, I mean, well, 29 uh, management team. So uh, I have my manager, Luke, with me all the time. And he's kind of been directing me on, you know, where to go and how to proceed. Um, so because I am, I don't really know how to put it. So it's just, uh, yeah, I've got Luke, uh, my manager, who's kind of directing <laughs> me and putting me where I have to be. So, yeah. Well, that's great. That's well, good. Jonathan speaks highly of him, and I know you, uh, Jonathan's down there doing that with you. But hey, I did notice yeah. that you are from Florida, David. Uh, do you yes. have you have, are you uh, are you a regular participant or not participant, a viewer of the Rolex Twenty Four at Daytona down in your neck of the woods down there? Unfortunately, I am a little bit too south to make it to the uh, Daytona. 
sometimes it's it's like a four hour drive or three hour drive or something like that for me because I live in um just north of Miami in Fort Lauderdale. So it is it is quite a while to drive, but I do watch it. I do watch it online. I do watch it online, but <laughs> never ever have I been able to uh, make it there in person. So, well, let's talk about that's interesting. Yeah, let's talk about what's going on down in New Zealand. You know, we we talked about why the series is important, but let's talk about a little bit of the nuts and bolts about what you exactly what you hope to get out of this. I mean, I, it it's kind of like Jonathan puts it: you're squeezing a whole season into into what five weeks, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I think just the main focus primarily is because this is a winter series, and I think for a lot of drivers, you know, when you look at a winter series, obviously, you know, you want to win it, you want to be the best, you want this or that. But for me, it's mainly just about learning it, learning um, like where I can be better as a driver, learning how to be better um, and how to, you know, perfect my craft. Cause this is really the point of TRS and that's, you know, what they, or C2 Proc, I should say, that's kind of what they also promote too, is the goal is to learn um, and to be better as a driver. Uh, so that's, that's how it, it, it really is. And I just, it's so, it's so amazing out here, actually. Um, it's because of M2, the team that I'm currently racing with. It's just the way that it kind of builds um, as a team and you guys all kind of mold together because you have to go really, really fast. Every, it's a, it's a race weekend every week. So you never have time to rest. You never like you have a Monday and a Tuesday, but you're right back at the racetrack on Wednesday for a track walk, ready, uh, a track walk, ready to go. So you never really have any time to um, relax. So, you just kind of grow with everybody really, really quickly. So it's really, really nice the way that they have it all set up here. It's, it's amazing. Mm. Well, what about long-term goals? Um, IndyCar. IndyCar, you know, if possible by, you know, some grace, Formula One. But IndyCar is uh, uh, definitely the goal for now. So, yeah. Yeah, I think what that's... What are they putting in the water at Fort Lauderdale right now? I <laughs> yeah. mean, Logan Sargent's from Fort Lauderdale, right? He's going to Williams Formula yeah. One. Here you are, and I'm sure there's probably others in that area that you've raced with since carts or whatever. Um, what's going on in Fort Lauderdale? It sounds like quite the hotspot. I don't. I I think it's just kind of like a Florida thing, especially <laughs> South Florida. There's a lot of drivers that just like pop up out of nowhere and go. I just it's um, man, I I keep forgetting. We have there's uh we have like two Lamborghini factory drivers down there. I, I'm forgetting his name, but like we have a lot of talent in South Florida because of um, Scusa and the, the Florida winter tour and the carding there is really, really, really uh, uh, intense, intense. So it kind of molds and, and brings it. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, motorsport activity in Florida for sure. So I, it doesn't surprise me. It was your, was your dad into motorsports? Uh, my dad, he was never really, uh, well, he loved cars and he loved formula one, but he was a street racer when he was a kid. So then he was just like, you know what? I want the real thing. So then he, I came along and I became the real thing. Uh, so that's kind of how he was. He was never really connected to motorsport other than, you know, just uh, just a regular, regular kind of thing. Um, so you just street race. So, yeah. Well, uh, at TRS, you talked about uh, that it's essentially a, a Formula 3 car. And uh, I mean, I mean that's, that, that's, a, that's a big step from where you've, you've come through. So, so you, you mentioned early on in the show, your immediate next steps, but let's what talk about the next year or two or three. What does that look like? You think? So I think, uh, let's say 
we do really, really well in CRS. Let's not, you know, put anything out there. Okay. Let's say top three, really, really happy with, uh, with that result. Then, you know, we move on and then we go into GB3 and then we do the same thing um, in Great Britain F3. Then I think that would, uh, I have two roads that I'd either go down, you know, hopefully if possible, you know, FIA, F3, you know, just to, you know, pursue my formula career a little bit more in um, Europe. But if not, then definitely go back to America and do uh, Indie Pro. Indie Pro. So hey, yep. that's for next year, basically. And, you know, you guys can get uh, super license points down there, of course. That always is going to look good on a resume. 18 points. So I think it's 18. Yeah, 18. So that's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, well, what about uh, – all the folks around you, are you guys, are you guys getting to know each other? Are you, are you, you make some friends down there as well? Yeah. Um, actually yeah, I'm great friends with Charlie Vert. He's the best. <laughs> He's uh, like, um, so it's one of the other drivers that I'm racing with right now, but uh, apart from racing, just to take that out, he's like a mountain goat. Me, we and him <laughs> actually went on a hike today and it is ridiculous. The amount of endurance this guy has, I swear. Like that's just about Charlie. Really, he's a really good friend of mine in the series um, and a co-driver. Also, and then uh, in M2, I also I have my engineer, and you, I got really, really close with my engineer because the way that they kind of want you to be, uh, at least our, our team manager, he really wants everybody, you know, everybody's engineer and your mechanics to all be kind of really, really close together. And so I've had a, a a night out with my mechanics, you know, just with them and my engineers, really, really, really just all connecting. Um, and it's just like, it's amazing. It's really like, it's really good. So David, I'm looking at the standings on the website. It says you're currently in second. Is that, or has that not been updated yet? No, it's not been updated. We are sadly, uh, <laughs> I thought that DNF. Yeah. 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 So, well, uh, hey, David, um, I, it, it sounds like you've got a, a real future plan for yourself, but suppose out of left field somebody maybe a toyota connection maybe somebody elsewhere in the uh, oceania or asian series say hey we got a seat for you funded how about racing you know whatever super gt whatever it turns out to be in japan or, or whatnot would you listen to a potentially different career path if it was presented to you yes after this year, because I've kind of already signed all the contracts, but after this year, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. If the uh, opportunity arose, 100%, I jump at it. So, uh -huh. well, yeah. well, David, uh, we sure appreciate you coming on. And of course, Thanks, everybody guys. will be watching your career. And uh, we want to wish you the best of luck in the remaining part of the uh, the series down in New Zealand there. And we'll be keeping an eye on you. So, but. Why don't you let everybody know how they can follow you on social media or website or whatever you want. It is my Instagram is David Morales racing. Uh, you know, that's, that's it. So definitely follow David Morales racing and, you know, thank you guys for having me on really, really enjoyed this, uh, this talk. So thank you guys. All right, David, good luck, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So long. All right, we're, we're, we're making sure we follow all these young Americans and all the, uh, any, any possible series. You know, we, what really makes me really pay attention to the, the series down there that Toyota puts on is, of course, Jonathan interviewing uh, Lando Norris a few years ago, and I think it was Lance Stroll, and he was like, some of these kids look really good. And so I've been, 
I've paid very close attention yeah. since since that time. But um, hey, Bob, you know what? Let's get a sneak a break in because we got lots more stories. But coming up next, we have an interview that we did with the pole sitter Tom Bloomquist and uh, down in Daytona in the new GTB class. So stick with us after the break. You're listening to Speed City. Back after these. That's some groovy uh, break music there, Casey. Kevin Kelly on YouTube says, I hope he hasn't doesn't have the same Lone Shark manager as Nick DeVries. <laughs> uh, Bob, I don't know if you heard me a while ago, but Joe of Oyster Bay on YouTube says, hey, Bob. Uh, let's see what else we got coming up, Bob. I got we got the uh, the interview with Tom Bloomquist and uh huh. Definitely want to talk some Daytona. I got to watch virtually all of the uh, the coverage today on Peacock on the Peacock. Did you subscribe? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I'm, uh, I can. I can watch that channel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I'm not messing up the uh, the show too much with this ridiculous um, Wi-Fi problem. No, it, it's it's just it's honestly it's just a little distracting. I feel a little bit just distracted tonight. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I definitely feel a little off yeah. off my game a little bit. Let's see what else we got. I'm excited to talk about the further about the Corvette stuff. Yeah, by all means. And oh, I definitely want to tell everybody, especially if you're on the YouTube viewers, if you haven't watched Marshall Pruitt's series on the new GTP cars, you got to check it out on the the racer yeah. racer channel on YouTube. He's done a little segment on each one of the GTP cars, all the way from you know Acura Cadillac. Um, Porsche and BMW, and it's really fascinating about how they all use a different drivetrain. I mean, we touched on that last week, but here we go, coming back. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City. It's John Massigal with Bob Varsha. And Bob, I was talking about it during the break, but I got to watch all the coverage today from the roar at Daytona, and it was a blast um, and some great racing. And the uh, the new GTP cars, of course, drawing a lot of attention from the commentators just because we've got this new hybrid system. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, some of the different technologies and how all that works but i want to start with our the interview that i did with tom bloomquist because he had a fantastic last second race uh lap to to take the pole and uh, and it was really exciting to talk to him so let's hear from from tom bloomquist howdy <laughs> hey howdy tom how are you yeah good thank you for that good old texan howdy there you like it Hey, man, congratulations. What a fantastic day you must be having. Yeah, definitely uh, feeling good right now. Um, 
yeah, what a fantastic way to to kick off this new, you know, GTP era. And uh, you know, I can't really, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for the fantastic job that uh, you know, Acura, HPD, and, and Oracle have done in, in building this car, and then you know, handing it over to you know MSR and you know also WTR because this was a team effort. Uh, yeah, so obviously it's been been a cool day to you know have a few you know have some bragging rights. Let's say you know, for a few more days before, you know, the serious <laughs> business happens the next Saturday. Yeah, you got a week to uh, to enjoy that. But, but man, what about that that one lap? Just just jump out there and, and kill it in one lap. That was awesome. Yeah, that that was, you know, that was that was a great, that was special, I guess. That was, yeah, I mean, I tend to, you know, fancy myself in qualifying, but uh I would say that was one of the harder ones I've I've had to to do in the past is because you know when you're coming out you don't even have the tires really up up the temperature and uh I kind of had to to wing that one a little bit but yeah you know what made my life easier was that you know this car's been working really well every time we've been out on track you know all all weekend long so you know to to have the confidence that the car you know if I if I push it to the limit the car's going to do what I tell it to do obviously made my life a little bit easier there but yeah, that was a hairy, hairy moment. Hairy, mm. hairy session. You know, there was a lot of nerves when that red flag <laughs> came out. I was like, no, we've we've, we've messed it up. Uh, we're not going to get a chance. But uh, and even still, when I was going out for one lap, I was like, how am I supposed to do this? How is this going to work out? Like, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, what was it? Uh, Eighty-three hundredths of a second ahead of NASA. Yeah, and I, and I nearly <laughs> messed it up big time. I went for the bus stop completely sideways. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, it was wild. Yeah, well, what about this? I mean, this is what a great way to kick off this new era with these new GTP hybrids. I mean, there's been so much talk about this new car. and But I think about all the stuff you guys got to learn. You know, it's like you're starting over almost with this new powertrain and all this, all the new things to to think about. Yeah, you know, we're, we've obviously, you know, in the years gone past dealing with something that's, you know, and when you compare it to this new this new car, almost like a dinosaur, and this this thing is uh, so much more advanced. Um, you know, we need so much more manpower to operate the thing. It, you know, it's like a super supercomputer, and uh, it's it's been fun. You know, I've really enjoyed the the development and and understanding you know the car and how to work with the engineers to extract performance from the car. Uh, you know, they've done a fantastic job. We have such a good good car. Um, you know, the fundamentals are there. The the potential is really there for us to have a a great season. Um, but it's been really exciting to 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 have you know something that's so modern and and you know kind of uh, you know there's so much more stuff for us as drivers that we can control and and change within the cockpit to to help us and find performance and you know adjust settings the balance of the car and and that's really exciting that's cool but you need to know what you're doing you need you need to understand the car you need to understand how the tools work and and yeah you can really uh, find ways to extract you know more performance. Yeah, so you guys have quite a bit of control as the driver on the wheel there yeah we can we can control now a lot more things especially with the braking um you know we've always kind of had we've got traction control still on these cars but you can tune that but it's more like the braking and, and the entry phase to the corner um you know we have tools to to help you know help us you know if, if, we, if we we're coming in you know if it need more turn or we need the opposite you know there's things that we can kind of do to to manipulate that Anything you can do with the uh, with the hybrid with the electric side of it? Can you like like a a boost or anything like that? Well, we yeah we I mean yeah, but the, we we don't have you know we have the power we have we kind of integrate that into the motor to 
to kind of help us on the exit of the corners, you know, to, to have a smoother power delivery. Um, so that's how we integrate them, you know, the, the, the MGU, the electric, you know, hybrid power on, on the, you know, the acceleration phase, but we also use that in the opposite direction on the braking phase. And, and, you know, that has a huge impact on the diff, on the braking and, and all that stuff. So it, it's, it's really a powerful tool now, the hybrid, having that hybrid element, you know, enables us to have so much more control over, you know, some of the systems. Mm. Well, what a great team with Meyer Shank and you went Acura and I'm thinking about, I mean, the, the competition you guys have, we're talking Porsche, BMW, Cadillac. I mean, to for you guys to jump out and, and look so impressive, really, honestly, all weekend, I mean, you just got to feel great about that. Yeah, it's, it's such a great morale boost for, for the team, um, for the boys and girls that have been, you know, working their backsides off. Uh, not only me, not only our team, um, HPD, you know, Acura, you know, everyone who's, who's put the hard, the hard, you know, graft into this project, you know, those are the ones that should be, you know, most proud of what they've done, not, not me. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows it's, it's a massive team sport. Yes. You're the face of it. And, you know, you did something amazing today, but it's, but it is such a big team sport. And I know that there's a whole bunch of people behind the scenes. Yeah. There's this, you know, so many people that should be really, really proud of, of what they've achieved, you know, with, with this car, because, you know, we haven't had the car long. The, you know, this thing hit the ground running in proper anger in like September, October. So, you know, it's it's really a testament to 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 all their homework and and you know what they've been able to achieve is is fantastic. So I'm I'm excited to be a part of part of the group and and obviously carry the carry the flag and and you know give the guys also you know things to smile 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 about like you know time like times like today. So yeah, it's been great. Well, speaking of homework, you guys, you've got a week now. Uh, what does this next week look like for you and for everybody else? Yeah, so I'm going to head back, relax for a few days now, um, reset, you know, recharge the batteries because, yeah, we have a busy, hectic, uh, you know, next weekend, right? So uh, I think now the guys got to analyze, you know, go through all the final details, trying to understand the car, you know, any little issues that might, you know, cause us concern in the race because um, now it's, it's all about reliability, you know. We know we've got a good car, but the reliability now is is, is crucial. Uh, so we 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 need to, uh, yeah, we need to we need to work through all that. Like anything, you know, all the final small bits where it comes to you know driver changes, this that, you know, making sure you know the driver comforts sorted, like all the little bits and bobs. But for me, I'm gonna you know go back, relax for a few days, recharge my batteries, um, and then yeah, come come back and yeah, ready to, to go into battle. Yeah, I bet those engineers and, and everybody are going to be downloading data and comparing, looking at everything and uh, and trying to make sure that, like you said, that at this point, it is going to be reliability. But that's got to be uh, that's got to be a huge task ahead of those guys, too. But well, well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us on Speed City. Uh, congratulations for today. It was really fun to watch that today. And uh, congratulations. We, we really so appreciate much. it. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Everyone. All right. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he was a heck of a nice guy, Bob. I, I uh, would have had you on that interview, but they literally, uh, the IMSA guys texted me and said, he's, he's a guy, he can do a Zoom right now if you can do it. So I just ran out to the studio and, and jumped on right then. But he's, he's a nice guy and, uh, well, obviously, clearly a fantastic driver, last year's champion. So, um, but, but it, was, yeah. it was fun to watch that lap, man, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. I love watching drivers under pressure like that. Keep in mind, he came through, but a lot of other guys were going just about as fast as he was. And they all had that same issue. When the Porsche 963 went off, brought out the red flag, they only get 15 minutes total to qualify. And the, uh, you know, he had to go out there and 
put down one push lap and make it work. I'm sure the tires weren't where he wanted them. And, and the line was probably interesting. I think it was Sebastian Bourdais afterwards who said that all of a sudden they, everybody seemed to have more grip in qualifying. So I'm telling you, this race is going to be absolutely spectacular. And uh, I got to know Tom Blomquist a little bit uh, a few years ago in Formula E. He was driving for Michael Andretti. He is a great guy, son of the legendary rally superstar Stig Blomquist. And um, listening to him talk about all the drivers and all that they have to do. I mean, he sounded energized by the fact that I've got this great tool that I can play with. And your questions were spot on. I mean, he is really engaged in this thing. And I saw somebody commenting recently that, well, geez, there aren't very many Americans sitting in those seats. Well, you know, this is, this is the, the, the sharp end of the spear. You want really experienced guys in these cars because they have so many things they can do. Not that there aren't out Americans out there who could do it, but um, you know some of these European guys who've been in the World Endurance Championship and so forth, uh, they probably have a leg up in terms of technology over the uh, American drivers. And, and hopefully that will change and we'll see more Americans in these top-level seats. But uh, boy, oh boy, it's, um, it's going to be spectacular on uh, – Next Saturday. I almost said Sunday, but it's a 24 hour race. <laughs> it's both. So, uh, oh man. Yeah. I, I'm just, um, the hair is standing up on my arms as I'm thinking about it. I'm really going to not be in there this year, but, uh, go get them boys. I, I'm it's the same way, Bob. I'm excited. I like to get as many screens as I possibly can. I'll usually have a phone and a laptop phone, checking social laptop, doing, you know, multiple uh, you know, different camera angles and then the big screen going. The hard part is is taking over the entire living room from the wife, but uh, but I am yeah. definitely looking forward to it as well. Uh, I was just yep. looking down this the business. I was just looking down the qualifying results, of course. Um, there's so many familiar names, right? There, I mean, it's a it's crazy oh, yeah. how many huge names that are in this. And I'm not even gonna try to touch on all those. I'm just gonna look at some of the guys that did well. Ben Keating. Uh, Texan, who's been on the show. In fact, he was on the show not long ago. He yep. uh, took the pole in LMP2 again. I think I think I saw the fourth year in a row that he's taken pole in LMP2. It just it seems like not that yep. long ago that he moved up to LMP2, but I guess he's done it four years in a row now. And our friend George Kurtz from CrowdStrike, he qualified fifth in uh, in LMP2, and uh, in fact. All of the uh, all of the, the the times are super tight in LMP two as you'd expect, but but then going down to LMP three, yeah, um, Wilsey Barbosa Surfi, I can't even say that name right. Sorry, but those guys um, in the Sean Check Motorsports uh, took the pole, and then Dreddy in uh, second in LMP three, and. Uh, let's see. I've just some other names that jumped out at me earlier. It did. It was fascinating to see the difference between GTT, GTD Pro and GTD, because, like you said early in the show, the fastest cars were not in GTD, and of course the cars are the same. And it used to be the driver differences um, made up a bunch of this, but but it's. I thought that was interesting to see as well, and um, and just going down that list too. My friends at uh, Inception are in sixth. But uh, what else on on uh, 
from today jumped out at you, Bob? Well, um, gosh, I'm, I'm thinking back. When I first went to Daytona for this race, uh, we had guys like A.J. Foyt and uh, Daryl Waltrip and stars from NASCAR, stars from IndyCar, stars from Europe, the occasional um, young driver who's uh, making his way up the ladder. I mean, it was just such a spectacular time, and I'm sure it's going to be that way again. Uh, I have to say, from the time the original prototype changes were instituted, the Daytona prototypes, gosh, how long ago was that? A decade? I mean, those boxes were were you know beautiful only to their mothers but uh to see what they've come to now with these spectacularly um high tech sleek colorful high-tech cars still driven by the best in the world across all these different forms of motorsport um but boy daytona is taking a step up this year they're now on a level footing with the aco and Le Mans, so a lot of the guys you'll be seeing this weekend will probably be at, at Lasarth in June. Um, I'm just looking forward to a race where you have to stay out of the pits. If you have to pit for any length of time, you're in big trouble. Um, that's always been the case, but never more so than the gaps we've seen. That's probably the thing that, that I remember most from qualifying today was how close these cars all are. That's a big tip of the hat to IMSA with their balance of performance to get all these manufacturers and all these different types of, of engines and drive lines and, and car aero specs and so forth and make them all competitive with one another. Yeah. So it really is down to the drivers and the crews um, you know, to win. And a great example of that, Bob, is this GTP class that we've been talking about. I'm just going to run down the different manufacturers and the different drivetrains because it's really fascinating. And, and then I, don't, I wouldn't want to have the balance of performance job either because the Acura is a 2.4-liter <laughs> twin-turbo. The BMW is a 4-liter twin-turbo V8 with an 8,200 RPM red line. The Cadillac's a 5.5-liter naturally aspirated with, I think, the highest red line at 8,600, which I guess would make sense naturally aspirated, but it's also the largest. And And by the way, that Cadillac engine, if I'm not mistaken – is this is basically the same engine that they've been running in the DPI, but it's also either the cousin or highly related to the new Z06 because it's dual overhead cam. It's not like an LS based or whatever, but it's dual overhead cam. Clearly at 8,600 RPMs, it likes to rev. So, the, but you know, that one is highly related, I think, to the Z06. And I say I think because I don't think anybody knows because Cadillac's not really being. Um, a lot public with that. And then, of course, the last one is the Porsche 963. That's also a V8, but it's a 4.6-liter twin-turbo. Have all these different recipes to how to do this. And, of course, they all bolt up to the, the spec hybrid system that adds the, the same amount of power across the board. But can you imagine all of that, Bob? They have all those different characteristics and strengths and weaknesses and... And then, and then balance of performance on top of that. So it's really fun to watch. And I love the, what you said about how, how these cars are, are really, I mean, imagine how thinking about this technology, just comparing this to like even Formula One a decade ago, which, you know, you, you think a decade, but still Formula One's so high up. It's really, it's really cool to think about, about the, uh, the level of technology we're getting in and, you know, what seems like kind of just regular sports car racing, but at the, at the highest class it's really awesome and 
a story that I put in that I just saw that Paul Bryan, who's a regular listener, and he put in about, it was fun to see Ford CEO Jim Farley as a pro driver in a Mustang GT4 in the Rolex support races. That, he says, great guy who always picks up the dinner tab. That was definitely on my <laughs> list to talk about. And I was telling my my uh, my son today, I was like, about uh, about uh, Jim Farley. And I think one of the commentators said Chris Farley. And it's crazy for Maybe me to really. think. really. <laughs> yeah, that he, that, that's his brother. And it's still crazy to me that Chris Farley, one of my favorites from back in the day, who was just such a goofball that his brother is now the CEO of, of Ford. But that was really fun to see him. And, and I love the fact that the, the CEO Ford is not just a car guy, but a racer too. That's cool, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got a Cobra. He's got some really, really cool cars. Vintage races a lot. When was the last time you saw a, a giant automaker CEO out there driving well, not his own product in contemporary terms, but, you know, driving for the brand, driving yeah. just for the pure joy of it. And actually, I think this is his, if he's going to race as a pro this weekend, that'll be the first time. I don't think he's done that before, but he is a great guy. Great to talk to, loves to talk about cars, uh, follows racing. Yeah. Jim Farley's the real deal. Uh, one uh, Rolex story. Kevin Magnuson, of course, not racing due to that hand surgery. That was a bummer to see him not there, but. Yeah, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, you know what, let's go ahead and get our last break. And when we come back, I'm going to tie a few of these stories together. We have a couple more F1 things we want to talk about as well. And I'll tie in that Corvette story that I was talking about earlier. You're listening to Sunday night with speed city back after this. Hey, Casey, let me in. I think I'm working. All right. What's that, Bob? You got something for Casey? I think, uh, I think my zoom is working. Why don't you let me in? Oh, on your laptop. Cool. Yeah, there we go. Okay, great. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, folks. This, this is, is housekeeping we're doing here. <laughs> That's all right. That's the, it's the behind the curtain, Bob. That's what it is. Yeah, right. Kevin Kelly says the Acura V6 10,000 RPMs. Kevin, I know Kevin really well. I don't think that's right. I think they have a, a well, maybe it is, but the, I know there's a cap in the new GTP. And I thought that cap was like 9,000, but I guess it makes sense that the actor is going to well, spin up it, it depends. That's, you know, revs are one of the mat what a, matrixes, <laughs> matrices yeah. that they use in the BOP process. They use weight, they use revs, uh, and gosh, what else? Uh, the size of the fuel tank and so on to, uh, to equalize performance in terms of the ultimate lap time. So, you know, some guys will rev higher than others. You've right, got normally go. aspirated cars. You've got turbocharged cars. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Max Verstappen and bringing us back from break. And the, the <laughs> rumors, the little stories about his early retirement, like, I don't think immediate, but, you know, not having this crazy long career that he could have because he started so young are still percolating out there. We talked about it last week. I, I, there's nothing new. It's just I saw a few more people talking about it. That's really fascinating. But, but hey, when we went to break, I said I wanted to talk about the new Corvette E-Ray, the, the hybrid, because I was going to tie it into Andretti. And, okay, this may be a bit of a stretch, but 
I was, when I heard this, when I was thinking about all the technology that's gone into it, it made me think about, about the whole Andretti Formula One thing with GM and Cadillac and how, um, and how at, at the beginning, GM and Cadillac are not going to come in and make their own power unit. They're going to use somebody else's. And, you know, we, we talked about that last week, possibly Honda or, or Renault. But it made me think about the, uh, the deal that GM signed with Honda about electric cars and how Formula One's going more electric. But it just made me think about the, the chops, the engineering chops that GM does bring to the table. I mean, look, it's a massive company and, and with massive resources and tons of money. And so this new E-Ray with the um, – with it, it's a really fascinating layout in this Corvette because it's got the base engine out of the, the, the base C8, which makes 495 horsepower, plus another 160 horsepower from an electric motor in the front end of this car, giving it all-wheel drive. And I was reading about that, that they're not really tied together in, in – Maybe a maybe a traditional all-wheel drive sense, but the fact that they made all this technology work seamlessly, and this car is going to be uh, out next year, if I'm not mistaken, and I was just blown away. I was like, "What a, an amazing car!" Like you said earlier in the show, Bob, zero to sixty, two and a half seconds, and um, <laughs> first all-wheel drive Corvette ever, of course, first hybrid Corvette ever, mm-hmm. of course. I like the fact that it has. And all this is, I'm just reading this out, I'm not reading it, I'm doing this out of memory because I was fascinated by it, but I think it also will go up to like 45 miles an hour for a very short period. But one of the most fascinating pieces of technology that Just I, on electricity, you mean. Yeah, sorry, yeah. just on electricity. But one of the most fascinating parts was how they said how quickly this char, this car will recharge. They said that that the regen, that they don't expect... Uh, any issues with running low on the battery because they said it can with just normal driving can fill up the battery one because it's small but but it dumps so much regen power back into the battery and i think that's one of the big leaps in um, ev technology right now is the fact that they're making these cars um so quick to uh to to recharge via regen and recharge via the chargers because they're saying that this new Corvette doesn't even, it's not a plug-in hybrid at all. They said it's not an issue. They're just going to use the engine to charge it and then the regen engine to top it off if you need to. So all that technology makes me, you know, proud that it's an American company doing this. I mean, and there's, I mean, think about that car. I mean, the hybrid, the, the only hybrid that's even close to that really are some of the supercars like the LaFerrari and the Porsche 9. 18 that are years old mm-hmm. now and of course the acura which is a current production car it's not as quick but i mean a really an amazing car starting just over a hundred thousand dollars and uh you know i just think it's an amazing vehicle i was super excited to read all about that one yeah it's fun to follow all the manufacturers because gm's not the only one that is at- attacking the problems that evs have um in terms of battery life and battery capability and charging and all that kind of thing. I see that Mazda is resurrecting yeah. their uh, rotary engine using a single rotor engine that does not drive any of the wheels. It just keeps the battery charged. 
And I think that's a you know fascinating new front on the whole EV war in terms of technology. Well, if you think about it, Bob, what they're a lot of the EVs have, do, have been doing something similar. They call them range extenders, right? Where it doesn't actually drive, doesn't go into the drivetrain. It just charges the battery. I think the little BMW, that right. little smart car looking BMW thing, uh, has a similar range extender. But I was totally excited. I forgot about that. I own several uh, RX-7s. I, I say several. I owned, uh, I owned a coupe and a convertible. Nobody's counting. Back in the day. A coupe and a convertible back in the day. And I loved that car with that super crazy high yeah. RPM. And it was really sad to, to think that it was going away. Look, there were so many problems with the rotary engines. They didn't, you know, they were bad on emissions, bad on fuel economy. But if you put it in this, in this, you know, think about this kind of engine, what it's doing. It can sit there and get to its optimum RPM and stay there because all it's doing is charging the battery. And it's, it's kind of a cheating way to get the rotary engine back into production cars, but I'll take it. I was very excited to see that. But, uh, Bob, we only got a couple minutes left, but you had a couple of stories in here about, about uh, one of them was about the Dakar rally. Christian Loeb. Yeah, I mean, it just finished last week. Um, spectacular as always, although not as spectacular as it once was. Back in my Motor Week Illustrated days, the Dakar rally started in Paris with a spectacular show of fireworks and whatnot, and the field would drive to Gibraltar and then be ferried across to North Africa and then race all over North Africa until that became just too dangerous. So they took it to South America for a while, and now it's in Saudi Arabia, but it is still spectacular. And uh, this year was no exception. More Americans involved running uh, motorcycles, cars, trucks, these massive support trucks that actually run in the race. <laughs> Nasser El Ataya, who I know from my extreme work on Fox, won for the fifth time. But behind him, Sebastian Loeb, the nine-time world rally champion and four-time winner, I think, of the uh, Dakar rally, got delayed by an hour or more early in the race. So he had no hope of winning it. So he just went like stink and won a record seven of the 13 stages, including six in a row. So it was just spectacular, as always. And uh, that's now in the books. The Rally Monte Carlo, as I mentioned, um, is now in the books. Congratulations to Sebastian Oje for Toyota, the entire Toyota team. Uh, his teammate finished second in the event. Um, and that's kind of the kickoff to the whole racing season. Now we have the 24 hours. Let's not forget the Chili Bowl, another spectacular <laughs> indoor midget racing. I mean, hundreds of cars and a great final feature race. Um, man, this is, we're in it up to our necks now. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, it is fun. I'm really fired up for the Rolex next week. We didn't get to talk about the uh, the possible Saudi Arabia public fund that where they were bidding on Formula One, and we didn't get to, but uh, we'll maybe mm. we'll talk about that next week. But we're out of time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our guests, and we'll talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all.